Welcome to Australian Transformers Weekly. We are your first stop and we're your last best hope for Transformers news in Australia, we suppose. This is episode 139. We are recording live on January 27th. Happy Australia Day if we were recording yesterday, which we normally would be. So, uh, you know, happy belated Australia Day. And there are some parts of the planet where... No, there's not actually. <laughs> I thought, thought there might still be some parts of the planet where it's uh, Australia Day. You know what? We can just have uh, we can just have a parallel universe where it's Australia Day every day. In this episode, we'll be talking about the last night's nominations for good and bad things. Uh, Mech Planet is back. We will we will oh my god we'll be drawing the January bot shots winner live and more. Uh, okay, yes, welcome to the show. I am Jason. Joining me this week, we have Max all the way over from Adelaide. How are you doing, Max? Uh, I'm kind of melting, thank you, but I'm uh, yes. doing all right. I, look, I think, I think we're all melting. Brad from his uh, bunker in his undisclosed location in country Victoria. Brad is just, just taking a sip of something. I, look, I have a fan uh that's on me so if it does cause a slight droning noise in the background uh, i do apologize but <laughs> it's a warm night uh yeah. we normally record on a friday night this week we are recording on a saturday night so we might be a little bit off our game and cooled by random fans yeah. um you get to in- understand just how hot it is when your figures start falling over because they're literally melting <laughs> <laughs> which of your figures are literally melting uh, most of my like six inch Hasbro stuff, like the plastic's so soft that it just starts to crumple. Wow. <laughs> Has, have you been walking around like is this like when you get a magnifying glass and put it on top of an ant? <laughs> are you just are you just trying to like make make your legend scale figures just shrivel up? <laughs> uh not quite. They do that themselves, actually. Hmm. It's a well known feature. <laughs> So I was going to say, how does it feel to be uh, in a in a state that's powered by a Tesla battery? Um, well, it, it feels alright, except apparently the half of a city which I don't live in had a blackout anyway a few days <laughs> ago. So. I, so I think the point of the battery is to stop extended blackouts. So I assume they got their power back. Um, I did see a funny story earlier in the week though, which is that uh, the Tesla battery powered up. Uh, and like for the first time, went got up to a full charge because the the power the power input rates went into the negative because there was too much power in the grid. So they basically paid Tesla to charge the battery. <laughs> so we'll see how that works in the future. This is this is of course the Transformers podcast where we do like to talk about Tesla batteries um, occasionally. Um, what have we been up to this week? Um, I so I had I had a bit of a um, clean up. At my parents' place, I threw a lot of stuff out. Found a few Transformers things. Um, in fact, I think I found missiles for my um, my uh, Energon uh, Starscream. And um, yeah, uh, yeah, cleaned up and threw out a lot of stuff. But uh, I didn't throw out oh, any the memories. Stuff. The memories. I, no, I didn't throw out any Transformers stuff. It's good. It's all okay. Brad, how about yourself? Um, not a great deal. Not a great deal. We uh, done the uh, members giveaway. Last night, so congratulations to Andrew Dunn and Adrian Clatter for that. Um, next one's coming up at Easter time, so if you want to be a member, sign up now and uh, be in it to win it. Um, apart from that, been a quiet week. 
Australia, of course, so only a four-day week. Less money. But, um, <laughs> but hey, we're, uh, we're lazy Australians. We like our public holidays and days off, so yay. I actually had to take Australia Day off as leave because I don't get it as a... I don't actually get it as a normal day off. Yeah, I see. I would work on Australia Day if I could because it just feels because it's just like for me at least it feels like any other day. Well, I, I would like to be able to celebrate it and still get paid, but unfortunately, that's not how. Uh, well, it goes back to the early nineties where Australia Day used to be the Monday after the first Monday after the twenty sixth, just like the Melbourne Cup. It goes, 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 goes back to the early 90s when we first celebrated Australia Day. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, I, so I should mention actually that uh, we, did have a, we did have a TCCA meetup yesterday in, uh, in Parramatta in Sydney. Um, wasn't, wasn't a huge thing. I, I think we expected that uh, being Australia Day, a lot of people would have gone away for the long weekend. Other people would be busy. I believe... Um, I believe uh, TCCA regular Sean Buchanan actually said that uh, he um, he was unable to attend because he won a competition from Triple M to go and play cricket on the rooftop of a skyscraper somewhere in Sydney. Did they also have some sort of pool on that skyscraper? I hope so. You're playing because I had a, a bloke at work on the forklift was on his phone all day last week trying to win a competition for some sort of rooftop party in Sydney. That would probably be it, yes. Yeah, but they apparently there was no alcohol at the event because safety with the swimming, they couldn't have drunk people at the pool or something. And That's funny because, like, um, my housemate told me that he literally went to, like, a pool party where everyone was boozing today. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it wasn't a sponsored event, obviously. <laughs> no, apparently not. Um, I was going to go to a party and then my eardrum burst, so that was... Really fun. Oh, oh. That, that's uh, that, that like, ends. I, in... I feel like we just need to like ready, Brad. Ready, ready. One, two, three. Oh, oh, very good. <laughs> oh, thank you, Brad. That, that suddenly healed my eardrum. I haven't got the uh one, so <laughs> amendment for next week. Yes. Uh, shall we? Uh, shall we get a move on? That's done not a lot. Not a lot to talk about this week, but. Uh... Some interesting things. That is great. Yeah, look, you know, this this week could be a bit of a short episode. We'll uh, we'll see how we go. We were hoping that uh, delaying a day because London Toy Fair is or Toy Expo is on at the moment, and uh, we're hoping for some stuff to come out of that, but nothing has. So actually, uh, so where where did the since we, since we are talking about it, where did the um, Bumblebee story go? The Bumblebee story. Bumblebee remote control car story uh, that actually like showed oh, off I Bumblebee. That got taken down by Hasbro. Yeah, so oh. let's just grab one of the images that are mirrored because it's the internet and start talking about it. I will find one. And find one for me. Uh, find one for me. Something else in the meantime. Okay. I'm sure you could go to TFW and just slash Bumblebee and the link would still work. It just wouldn't be on the page. Uh, that has happened before, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bot Shots Weekly is the uh, the... I guess we can just call it a photography competition in the uh, TCA discussion group on Facebook. Every week, you are invited to take your bots out from behind their glass perspex or um, maybe not even fronted by any protective material at all cabinet and uh, take them out into the real world and take photos of them. Uh, 
we've changed the structure of the competition somewhat this year. There is a monthly prize, so everyone who everyone who wins uh, one of the one of the popular votes in one of the weeks for the month, they will go into the draw at the end of the month for that prize, and those monthly winners will go into the draw for a yearly prize. We are looking at this week's winner, which is. Uh, Courtesy of courtesy of friend of the show Chris Turner from Queensland. Um, now, obviously, he's got uh, Combiner Wars Viper there, and he's writing someone that I have no idea who who is that. That is the Age of Extinction One Step Lock uh, Steel Jaw, which I didn't think I didn't know was a figure until I asked Chris about it. I don't um, think it's the One Step. I think it's the uh, Battle Sparker or something like that. It's where it's like a pullback. Thing. So yeah, we did them with the Autobots and Dinobots where you sit them on top and then <laughs> pull it back and it goes. Or so it Viper, could be a one Vi- step. I'm not entirely sure. So Viper is riding Steeljaw and uh, this, uh, and, and so yeah, th- this is the winner for, for this week. Congratulations, Chris. Uh, now, what are we going to do here, Brad? We've got, we've, we've got the January giveaways in the run sheet. We've got a Titans Return Quake here for uh, the January winner. Four winners are going into the hat for uh, this figure. Of course, we've had uh, Jason Yule week one, Alan Chang week two, Craig Goodread week three, and Chris Turner's week four. So bring up the old random number generator. Number two, Alan Chang, you have got a Titans Return Quake. So I'll uh, message you tomorrow and get that shipped out. Although he's here in Aubrey, so I might go and see him. But um, that's that's his closed location in country Victoria. <laughs> no, he's, he's a New South Welshman, so that's for uh, January. So next week, the February one starts, and uh, we'll work towards the end of the end of the February for uh, the giveaway there. And that quake is based on one of the nicest times return molds. Yeah, yeah, and just very satisfying figure. Quake seems like such a duh. Why wouldn't you repaint? Because I've got the original. I think I've got the original. I think it's Skystalk or whatever the lighter, um, the lighter color one is, which would be the Autobot. I think Europeans done it as a sound wave, but it's got the big white I missile. Think it got redecoed or at least retooled into Machine Wars sound wave. Yeah, that that might be what it is. But um, no, great figure. Out shopping yesterday and found my, my local Meyer was actually pretty good on prices. So I don't know what's happening there, but. <laughs> Crazy things have happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always um, late G1 Decepticons that I know a lot of people are fond of. Mm. We're going to move swiftly on and get to the news. Straight into news. Hasbro news. That will take us into some news. What news comes from by yonder? Time for some news. All right, time for some news. This week we were graced with... Uh, this is actually one of the reasons why we're recording on Saturday night this week instead of uh, Friday night. One was Australia Day and two is that uh, we were hoping that the extra day might give some time for some more leaks to emerge from the London Toy Show where uh, we were graced with this this week, which um, TFW 2005 has graciously put their watermark on it and then taken the image down. Thanks a bunch, guys. Good job. What we are looking at here is the first, the first toy that we've seen from the Bumblebee movie. As you can see, there's the uh, the, the new Bumblebee logo down the bottom right of the box. 
and this is a remote control bumblebee it is because the movie is set in the 80s it is the volkswagen bumblebee uh, that we know and love from g1 and as you see he's got a bit of a new look on on the box as well um this bumblebee is apparently apparently like the uh the cool dog from the simpsons like, 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 so yeah uh this is not this is not really an official hasbro release at all because it is a remote control car you can see the dicky toys logo on the um on the box but you can get a good look at the volkswagen based vehicle car there and you can also see the remote control and i guess the big thing to take away from this is his design for the movie which uh from the look of things seems to be a lot more g1 oriented a lot more g1 oriented and he's got some racing stripes on him which yeah. i i actually i actually think are kind of cool yeah uh, see i'm not sure if those are on the actual car in yeah for reference every, for every sure scene stills where he's just a plain yellow volkswagen yeah i mean he could it would be weird to have his own logo on <laughs> yeah that's my point just a big b on the top <laughs> mind, mind you, you we, some, we like, have had an stripes. optimus prime toy that has a giant optimus prime written on it right <laughs> yes, that, that's there's something i don't know there's something classy about that it's just, <laughs> it's not just b it's not it's just someone a b it's just him saying Optimus Prime, you know, there's a, there's a sense of confidence about it. You've really got to appreciate. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'm going to give you that, but I'll let you get away with it. Um, so this is this is uh, for reference only. It is our first look at what Bumblebee will look like in the movie. Maybe some of his uh, maybe some of his deco will be a little bit different, but um, yeah, there you go. What do you think? Thoughts? It's, it's interesting you say bit of a g1 look i reckon it's more of a sort of a prime or a uh rid b look depends if you're looking at the uh bot mode or the car yeah well the bot i mean mode. In, in reference to bot mode i mean sort of in how there's a lot more like um solid panels on him because whereas a lot of characters have just random up shards of metal everywhere this guy he's got you know big plates of armor all over him so it looks like the much chunkier g1 aesthetic and then it's yeah. also the fact that if you look at his head those two sort of um ridges that run along the top of his head in for regular vehicle mode um those are raised up here to look like his g1 horns mm. I, I i'm i'm with you brad i i see quite a lot of transformers prime in this yeah i've got a i've got a Revenge of the Fallen Bumblebee voice changing mask helmet on top of the display there, and it's got those. There was there was something that was rarely used in the films. Those sort of top of his helmet that come up and become the horns that didn't really do much. I, I don't know about the flywheel cod piece and the, the the whole back of the motor sitting there in his hips. But where is where else do you keep your motor? <laughs> well, yes, that's where all the business happens. So. <laughs> Yeah. And again, this is for reference only, so it might be blue. To be clear here, I think what we're saying when we say it's for reference only is that I think it's the product from Dickie Toys is being presented as for reference only. Because if you look at the inside of that box, that is obviously photoshopped and mocked up. Yeah. The angles yeah. are all wrong. So they're like, I don't think, I don't think the Bumblebee artwork is, I don't think the Bumblebee artwork is uh, in danger of changing anytime soon. I think that's real. But I I think ultimately, this is just artwork. The 
movie CGI model will probably be a lot more detailed than this. <clears throat> it's just that this is a similar situation to the box art we've got in the last two movies. Mate, yes. I do love yeah, that. That's quite true. I do love that yellow Transformers branding on the side. Yeah, it's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, I do like that. Yeah. yeah like it, it, it takes it takes the branding that we've had for the last few years and it just, just spins it a little bit in Bumblebee's favour. It, it turns it 45 degrees, so now the letters are sideways instead of on top of each other. That, that might be 90 degrees, but yeah. <laughs> in fact, it is. <laughs> We have we have been getting that that brand with the the word Transformers written down the side of the box for ages. Yeah, just not that way. <laughs> it is that way. I'm just trying to find where's my where's I, I I have to have a box somewhere. Like, surely Max, have you got a, have you got like a, a Titans I Return box? Oh. Hey, no, the um, well, just here on Quake the. Transformers is on the spot as well. I know. Um, that's what I'm telling you. It's been there I for like the last three years. I thought it was the other. I thought it was upright. I didn't think it was. I thought Generation stuff had it. <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's slightly smaller on this one. But yeah, it's think, the same thing. Just I think it's, it's yellow. yellow. It's as, yellow. Said, as said, it just tilts it a little bit in Bumblebee's favor. Yeah. No, I can't wait. We don't have long now. Maybe next we, week we, we might see a transport transforming version. We 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 do have long now. It's like end of the year, isn't it? Uh, no, it's, it's summer. June. I think it yeah. was oh, mid year. Oh, cool. Okay. Yep. Good. All right. Uh, so yes, look, look. There's there's more toy share, more more toy fairs, and more toy shows to come in the um in the uh, the next. Uh, why'd you end my presentation, Brad? He <laughs> doesn't like you very much. Yeah, no, no. It's like no, I didn't. I just. Oh, <laughs> that sounded like Pac-Man dying. I need, I need some of the sad boops, not the happy boops. <laughs> uh, so yeah, look, we, there are more toy fairs to come in the next few weeks. So hopefully, we'll see more of uh, more of Bumblebee's actual transforming toys in, in, in shortly. Um, before we actually move on, Max, you posted something interesting in the group that I wanted to. I actually wanted to touch on as a podcast topic, but it ain't in the run sheet. You said that there's some rumors about some deluxe figures coming into the Transformers um, studio series. Uh, yes, I did. I can find that post. It's fine. It's fine. Let's just talk about it. Uh, so, I can't actually remember what it was. Oh, okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> the studio series we've only heard of as being like uh, leader class and Voyager class figures up until now. We assumed it was going to be fairly limited, but now it looks like it's actually going to be a, a larger, larger scale series that might well actually take place of um, might well take the place on the shelves of the uh, RID figures this year. So we might end up with Power of the Primes in the Studio series. So deluxe yeah. deluxe scale figures would be a good way of filling out that line. Yeah, well, because we'd only seen um, Crankcase and Stinger at that point. Um, would but, would uh, Bumblebee uh, would figures from the B movie not be included in that as well because they're not going to have a separate subline just for the B movie. They don't appear to be unless they come at a later time. Yeah, mm. well, I think in this list they did have um, the Volts, uh, Volkswagen Beetle Bumblebee listed in there. So I'm guessing because I think the deal was they're not going to do a dedicated movie line just for this Bumblebee movie. They're basically just folding it in with Movie Masterpiece and Studio Series. Yeah. I think this list does stand a chance of being true because it uh, talks about 
uh, not a, um, the crankcase that we saw a fairly clear picture of, and uh, I know sorry, crowbar and stinger mm. that we saw the leaks of, and then ratchet, which we thought was going to be a Voyager, uh, now looks to be a deluxe, and then we also see uh, lockdown and jazz in there, which we haven't seen images of, but um, Ooh, and you they were them. in that first leaked batch uh, from that uh, Google Hangout. So that, uh, we basically saw everything for the next two lines. There's a ravage for the Bumblebee movie. Yeah, that's, oh, I, wow. I thought I was just noticing that there as well. Barricade and Ravage. Hmm. Hmm. That could be very cool, actually. I Yeah, didn't even notice that. So we are looking at three waves spread out fairly, fairly lengthily over the course of the year. March, April, July, August, and then Christmas. Um, so wave one... Transformers 6. So TF6 is, of course, the Bumblebee movie. So VW Beetle, uh, Stinger from Age of Extinction, TF1 Ratchet, and Crowbar from TF3, who I can't even remember. Wave 2 is TF1 Jazz, who is deader than dead. Uh, <laughs> Lockdown from TF4. Now, what's the CF for I TF6? don't know. Um, where I got this from, no one seems to know either. Consider it's repaints. It seems to be a repaint. CF. Um... Maybe it means reissue because Stinger and LB were in the first wave as well. I know know what it means. It means case filler. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) That's also a problem. I don't know if that's what it means, but I'm going to guess it because they're both um, from the previous wave. But yeah. And so wave three will feature Cliff Jumper, who hasn't actually had an on-screen appearance. Barricade and Ravage from the Bumblebee movie makes sense for that uh, wave to follow the Bumblebee movie. Stop replying to my post, people. <laughs> and and uh, Ravage and the 74 version of Bumblebee from TF1, which I believe is available currently in the Transformers Tribute Bumblebee set. Yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. So that's, maybe- that's the original one, though, so I wonder if they're going to do a... These these are up. They're updating these figures, aren't they? It's not just a reissue yeah, we, of what. Yeah, I think only the ratchet did look very similar, but it was definitely held in a lot of new parts in it. Yeah, so so maybe it could to... be a retool, but it's probably gonna at least have some new parts. Yeah, because I'd love to see what they're going to do with a new with a new lockdown design, or a sort of work on that original mold. Cliff Jumper, it says he did similar design to the Prime series. So yeah, it'll probably be a Cliff Jumper kind of version. Yeah. Just give him a mashed up face and it'll be it'll look like he's coming from the <laughs> All right. That's good. Thanks thanks for sharing that, Max. Um let's move on. Are you able to name your source? Um some random ass guy on 4chan. All right, great. That sounds credible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I just posted it in the group because a lot of those had already been, had already been confirmed, so I figured that's worth a shot. Cool. All right. So um, we saw a little bit of news this week from uh, TFW 2005 that uh, claims the Hasbro Cinematic Universe is shrinking, but the Transformers brand is currently unaffected. Now, um, Hasbro, Hasbro kind of wants to be Marvel, um, so they want to have their own cinematic universe that crosses all of their brands. They're trying it kind of unsuccessfully in the comics at the moment. Um, I personally don't really give a crap about most of the Hasbro crossovers. But um, 
IDW has been bringing together Mask, ROM, Visionaries, and Transformers, and G.I. Joe. Uh, and uh, yeah, two varying degrees of success. Now, trying to emulate that on the big screen, I mean, there's already a Transformers and a G.I. Joe franchise. There were apparently plans to bring ROM and Mask to the big, to the big screen, but that is, uh, that's on hold now. Um, we did hear a couple of months ago that Paramount's financing deal with some of their um, some of their uh, Chinese financiers had been falling through because of their poor performing movies of late, and it seems likely that this is actually the reason that that's uh, that this is actually the reason that the uh, the cinematic universe is, as they say, shrinking. Mm -hmm. Now we are still expecting we are of course expecting Transformers Six or the Bumblebee movie uh, to come out this year, which will be, remain unaffected. We've heard that there's going to be an animated prequel to the movie series next year, and that's going to be developed by uh, Hasbro-owned Boulder Media. So, yeah, um, Transformers is fine, but if you're expecting it to cross over with other Hasbro brands on the big screen, probably ain't going to happen. And it also seems like G.I. Joe will be rebooted in 2020. Yeah, I think this is going to weigh big on how well Bumblebee does this year. I think, I think, Bumblebee, I, I, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, I think if Bumblebee doesn't do what they expect, whatever that dollar figure is or whatever they calculate it, I think it Transformers will be on the cutting room <laughs> or something as well. There won't be a 7. There'll be a reboot. Well, I th so, so 7 is a long way away. It should be next year. There's going to be one every year. 5, 6, 7, we're going to be a year after. No, the animated movie is next year, and then the 7 is meant to be after that. Okay. Now, the thing with that is that um, after the poor performance of the last night, it, we're not sure if mm. it's even going to go to a seven or if they're just going to reboot the whole thing anyway. Yeah. So we don't we don't know. Um, Bumblebee, it's worth remembering, does have a far more modest budget than uh, the other Transformers movies. So it doesn't have that high a hill to climb in order to turn a profit. Yeah, like no. Bumblebee movie is going to make money. There's no question, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it made more money than the last night, actually, <laughs> because I feel like a big problem that people um, were turned away from the last night um, by was just Michael Bay fatigue. Like the last night was a very fatigue. Michael Bay movie, and so no one people people just weren't interested in that. Whereas this guy uh, Travis Knight, you know, he's exclusively done like kids movies so far and he's been really successful in that so i feel like it might not be quite as much aimed at um the sort of general fandom but it's gonna get parents out there taking their kids to a movie and i imagine it'll probably still do fairly well within the fan base just because it's not michael bay <laughs> uh i i suspect you're correct um I also think, like we've known for a while, that it's not pitched at the the same level as the the Bay movies, and so I think if you I think you might end up with quite a bit of business from repeat viewings from uh, kids as well. We'll see. Mm. It's yeah, depends how much I, fun it is. Yeah, it's uh, we've only seen a couple of characters that are actually Transformers. So what happens? what John Cena brings to it. Um, I'm imagining very little. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just love how, like even before when I was setting up this Hangout, you can see there's an hour of trailers for upcoming movies 
this year you have to see. Han, a solo story. That's not right. Um, and <laughs> the movie are two trailers that aren't included in that. And uh, we should nearly be seeing something from Bumblebee as well, whether there's going to be a Super Bowl trailer. I believe, um, at least in the Super Bowl things, I think Paramount has purchased a TV spot uh, during the Super Bowl. So um, we can pretty much say that that's going to be Bumblebee, the Bumblebee movie. Yeah. Mummy is universal. Yeah, that's all right. We'll see what happens in February. Yeah, it's so going to be getting close. Universal's, uh, Universal's reboot of their monster movies, starting with The Mummy, uh, is also apparently tanking and not going ahead as well, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, there was... Yeah, no, nah, I was going a down different path that we don't need to go down, so... <laughs> um, yeah, so... The future, the future is going to be interesting. It's not... I, I think the days of Transformers movies just being a slam dunk at the box office... I think they probably ended with Age of Extinction, and know, we, we know that last night struggled. I, I don't know. Like Age of Extinction did make a billion dollars. Yes, and that was China. the last one that did. Yeah, because oh, yeah. of China money. Yeah. <laughs> um, why is Soundwave here? What's so? Uh, so, is that, the, so this is from like? this is from IDW's comics crossover artwork. So, um, oh, okay, uh, Soundwave and Prime are both major players on the Transformers side in that. And that's why I see in Jazz are there as well. Probably, yeah. Okay. All right. I noticed how you've just ignored Victorian as well. Oh, no, I've seen her. <laughs> I thought that's got to be a Titans Return reference, which I was not going to bring up one at all. So I'm not sure about the Jazz form there. Like, that kind of looks like um, it kind of looks like it might be Power of the Primes uh, Jazz, but... Um, yeah, no, well, I thought like their design in the current comics just changes depending on whatever artist is doing it. It, it really, it really does. Yeah, it's like whatever. It's it's like whichever artist is doing it, and possibly also like you know whichever direction from Hasbro is the toy that they want to promote, right? Yeah. It's the same thing with the die race, and it's not just like slight differences there. Like they're literally three completely different. Can you can you race. describe the character and not just call it what it is? Because I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> is that uh, Jet Blue? Uh, it's a thing from Rom. It's like that's still not I describing they're, the they're, thing. They're, they're in uh, Revolution. They're like space zombie things. That's still they're not describing what I'm okay, saying. Okay, okay. They're, they're the main. They're the main protagonist in a comic book that you haven't read. But um, you're still not describing the figures I'm seeing on screen. Is that Silver Guy oh, there with the Megatron yeah, face? Yeah, it's it's There's no diorath on screen. Okay. If you really need your hand to be held through it, that's not what Max was talking about. <laughs> Please, Daddy. <laughs> no, no, just that jazz felt very full of Cybertron to me, but hey, it's jazz. They keep the uh, designs flowing between media. So Yeah, maybe. I, I, I sort of looked at the um I sort of looked at the headlight area and thought it was probably more power of the primes. Yeah, yeah, it does look like that updated Porsche look. All right. Shall we move on? Let's please. <laughs> let's talk. Let's let's talk about some. Uh, let's talk about. Oh yeah, last night. Oh, here we go. <laughs> the last night has been nominated for a Golden Globe Award for outstanding achievement in sound engineering, um, which is actually short of the short of the sound, sorry sound editing uh, for the music score. 
Uh, we are talking about um, Steve Jablonski's score for the last night there. He's going up against the score from uh, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, Wonder Woman, and more. So um, we're not sure. We're not sure how likely it is that we're not sure how likely it is it will take out an award yeah. for um, best soundtrack. But um, well, yeah. let's see. Jablonski's been in there putting in uh, putting in a fantastic effort for you know a good decade now for Transformers movies. And I think Brad and I both particularly appreciate his scores as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they're fantastic. Last night was probably his second best. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely the, the best thing to come out of the live action films. Um, it just, it's interesting to say, Oh, Wonder Woman, everyone loved that. But apart from the, it's not an M83, whoever they are, the, the, the guitar riff from Wonder Woman, can anything else, any other parts of the score you can think of? Yeah, and even that that track from Wonder Woman, like the guitar riff, is pretty much the only really yeah part of it that's recognizable because it's a very um just low and there's very. I, th- I, I think I think if you put on the, the music from like the the Knights of the Round Table uh, meeting from Transformers the last night, you wouldn't know it was from the last night either. No, oh, and that's there are some so, tracks where you could definitely pick them up. Yeah, but that's well, fine. Like, let, 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 let's, let's not dump on a movie for no, no, um, its no. score anyway. No, and that's that's like the, the the Autobot theme comes back again in the movie as well. So uh, altered slightly, so you still you get that carrying across all four, five films. Um, yeah, from so Dunkirk, anyway, so I anyway. think the clock ticking, but yeah, anyway. So anyway, the, the the Transformers Last Night score is up for a Golden Globe. Transformers the Last Night is up for a Golden Razzie. As of well, course it is. As with, as with every other Transformers movie, it has been nominated for Worst Picture. Uh, there's actually a few um, a few awards here in the, in the TFW. <laughs> it's um, it's uh, been nominated like for... This movie. It's been nominated for Poisonous Performance by an Actor, Worst Supporting Actor, Worst Supporting Actress, Worst Sequel, Worst Director, Worst Screen Combo, and Worst Screenplay. Oh, for Mark Wahlberg? Yes. You ever been punched in the face, like, really hard? Supporting Actor, Justin Holland's Empty Hopkins. But that's the writing. But that's the writing, though. Anyway. Let's 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 not let's not do a one man defense of the movie against the Golden Raspberry Awards. Let's just accept that it's been nominated for them, shall we? Can you move that? What's the worst screen combo? It's In any, any combination, combination of two humans, <laughs> two robots, or two explosions. Uh, touche. All right, I'll give them the explosions. Seems appropriate. Oh, uh, nice. Right. It's um. I think that's is that is about as much fun as we can have at the last night's expense for another podcast. So yeah. let's move on and talk about some toys. Mass Toys Renegade has um, been shown off in a prototype. Now this is a this is a Starscream figure that has a Cybertronian Tetrajet as not mode, but maintains the uh, maintains the appearance of the character that we know and love mostly. Uh, for, his, for his robot mode. Now, we can't really see that much because this is the only image that's been uh, leaked out. We can't also, we can't see Do you want to his, link to um, some 3D renders? Yes, oh. please. Yep. Wait, unless they're further right. down the page here. Uh, no. no just, actually, no, you just click on in the, in the second paragraph at the bottom, it says uh, before is a hyperlink. Just click on that 
Um, so yeah, yeah, okay. So I do remember seeing some of these before. Um, wow, so there's, that, a of, there's a lot of robot under that shit. <laughs> yeah, there really is, isn't there? Mm, they've mean, marked it, some of it. But... I actually think they've done a fairly good job with that just because they're going from pretty much the sort of, they look spot on to the F11 robot mode uh, for the most part, but then they are achieving the Tetrajet look fairly yeah. well. Because they're doing the whole alt, one one part chest and another part alt mode. They're not making one transform into the other, but I don't know, I can't remember who made them, but the original Tetrajet masterpiece styled figures that we had Mm. Way do you, back do, 15. Do you, do you still have those? No, I never got them. I, okay. I had them on pre-order at one stage and never got them. I played Chris Bell. No, Ben Broughton had them. Um, those after the Nirvana. Yeah, yeah. And they were a big shell former, like the jet, the whole Tetrajet sort of hung on its back. Um, I think that's going to be the case with these guys as well. Yeah. We we could, we we tried to transform, but... Uh, We'd eaten a lot of pizza and maybe had a couple of too many beers and couldn't get them to <laughs> Constantina in on themselves to to get back in that shell. But yeah. I do know not... those were sitting in clearance sections for about a year. Yeah, no one they were. Them. Yes, yeah, and that that's the thing. They were on like Big Bad had them for twenty five bucks each or something. And just I had them all in my cart and didn't end up buying them. But but I think ultimately also they they sort of failed because they didn't have a familiar robot form as well. And so these guys a really do soft sculpt like it just looked like marshmallows painted as starscream yeah but they went with the whole they said right we're doing all six yeah and done all done all six seekers the never, been, heads. never been heard from since have they that's probably good <laughs> good, good thing <laughs> like a couple of little quintesson figurines and they did mm. a whole bunch of bumblebee repaints and those all sucked anyway so yeah, they they were not a very successful company. Let's put it that yeah. way. It does yeah. not appear so. So, uh, so we are looking at uh, the the render version of Starscream. There, they, these are all exactly the the same sort of um, yeah designs there. But yeah, you, you you get an idea about what they're planning with the the Starscream, Thundercracker, and Skywarp there as well. So yeah, cool. Looks better than MP11, but I guess that's just by default. Well, these are only they're only twenty centimeters tall, so whether that's a a big voyager or a small leader, um, so that's the problem. The, the the whole tetrajet isn't really a like the top. The top of it's not that tall because it's going to have all that stuff underneath it. Um, yeah, but I, I again, I I loved. I, well, I liked their B they done. Um, execution wasn't the best, so I never picked it up, but. I just love how they're going for this pre-Cybertronian or pre-arrival to Earth um, look for figures. Because, again, they had, because of animation costs and everything else, they looked like their Earth modes in robot mode, but they had Cybertronian modes in that first episode. So, And I appreciate what Master Toys is trying to do here. Like, I remember with their Bumblebee, he was very much... He turned... in. He was... Um, he had like the war within robot mode because they figured, okay, we're not even going to try making this turn from uh, the Volkswagen mo- robot mode into yeah. space. I don't know, cross on. Um, but then with these guys, they've just gone and said, no, we're not going to 
you know, sort of try, they're not going to really compromise here. They can actually make him MP11 into the Tetra Jet. So you see MP11, I'd, even the um, even just the classic Seekers as well. Yeah, I, I see I mean, more generations of, than MP. Yeah. Like, I mean, in terms of the engineering that they seem to be employing, like he's got the masterpiece style hands. The definitely the feet. The, the feet, feet are definitely MP. Hopefully, he can they can stand because that's one of the biggest problems with the masterpiece seekers. It looks like they've got ankle tilts both on the toe and heel sections. So there's not a lot there though. That's that's a small surface area to keep these figures yeah. upright. But it, so they've added like a heel on the back in addition to the uh, mm. thrusters. So. Yeah. But see, even just the null rays just pegging onto the side of the arms and that just simple engineering like that that works. You don't have to have arms that sort of move the null rays around so they're underneath the wings when it's in jet mode. They've already got a second set. Well, Thundercracker, not Thundercracker, Skywarp does on his back anyway. They must stay there for the jet mode. But No, they look good. I'm, I'm guessing this is going to be a free pack. You're not going to be able to buy one on its own. <laughs> Surely not. No, that, that, that'd be interesting. I think if they were releasing them separately, then they wouldn't picture them all together. So, mm. yeah, fair enough. Bring on the cone heads. <laughs> yeah, it, makes, it, it does make me wonder if they'll do, if they'll like, you know, follow through and do cone heads as well, or if they'll do something else for the cone heads. I guess it depends on how well they release, because they've done like four or five different versions of their Bumblebee so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. The, it is the well they keep going back to, isn't it? <laughs> Let's move on. We've got our last uh, our last Toy Story for the the night, and um, for I think the second or third week in a row, it's about Mech Planet. Mech <laughs> um, Planet is uh, Mech Planet is just pumping these figures out now, and like it's practically unheard of for a third party to actually have so many releases in such such a short period of time. Um, I was joking before the show that this is this is uh, HS thirteen. Like by the end of twenty eighteen, I suspect that Mech so, uh, um, the yeah, Mech Planet will have more figures in the market than fan toys. I, yep. I don't think they'll have. Uh, I think they'll have eclipsed their release rate without the weight. Yes, that, just, that seems like a really realistic um, <laughs> estimate, which is kind of worrying for fan toys fans. Yeah, um, different, different different market apples and oranges horses for courses etc you know whatever other um whatever other cliches I can come up with. so uh, this looks great yeah so this this looks pretty good um mechlan has shown off on their weibo account a uh, an updated an updated version of their uh, bumblebee figure which was a little bit weird but uh, this version with a slightly more caramel or gold paint and a new head uh, he makes a representation of uh, G1 Goldbug. Mm. Uh, he's got a couple of guns, some spare tires, a bumblebee head, a satellite, and a little Ravage cassette to come with him in the box. These guys usually go for what about twenty twenty five dollars? Yeah. So um, yeah, they're pretty now. Surely not, but those guns look like they're chromed. Yeah, they do look pretty pretty bling. I mean, not crumb, but, but they've definitely got a metallic finish on them. Yeah, the same as his bumper and his lights on his feet. But uh, yeah, true. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They do look slightly reflective, but not actually chrome. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I appreciate the inclusion of the alternate, um, just bumblebee styled heads. You can have him as either Goldbug or a GT Bumblebee. Yeah, yeah, and that's the backpacks too. You either have a spare tire on his back, or you can have. I'm guessing that's a jetpack 
for Goldbug, it doesn't look much like a jetpack at all. But <laughs> it looks it looks just like a little lump of plastic. You got a parachute. It's or it's similar to the masterpiece one where you can swap out the spare tire for a uh, what's uh, how did I forget what license plate? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I just reread the uh, wanted Galvatron dead or alive story from the Marvel, Marvel UK, UK comics when this guy first appeared. So I'm in the mold. I'm in the mood for some Goldbug. In the mood for Goldbug. Yeah, sounds good. And he comes uh, with a little rubbish cassette that uh, just adds to the sound wave if you already have him. Yes, uh, and also the uh, Autobots uh, Sky Spy um, satellite mm. as well, which looks pretty decent. And a yeah. brick that says hot on it. Um, so I, I think that's display. actually... I actually think that's the cassette cover for Ravage. Oh. Oh, that's, that's a neat little feature. Yeah. Mm. That's my guess. I'm not really sure. But, it yeah. m- might be translucent on the back then. Yeah, it might be. But see, like, it looks like a cassette cover on the side of it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, possible. Look, it's been a slow week in news, so like that—that that is actually about it for the news. Um, what do you re- what do you reckon, guys? Do we have a do we have a, a few minutes that we want to spend on a discussion topic, or do we want to move on? Yeah, we're gonna have a quick chat. A quick chat. All right. So, it's been a it's been a while since um, Brad solicited some discussion topics in the group, and uh, one of the ones that caught our eye back then was uh, a uh, question from Kieran, friend of the show, asking about limited edition figures from Hasbro and Takara. For example, Titans Return RC and Great Tusk, and their difficulty in them being purchased for us. Uh, I thought this was all right. I thought it was an alright question. And there's also, it's not just the it's not just the question of um, exclusives, but it's also just one of the questions of which toys actually get released in particular territories. Because um, you, when we were talking about this before the show, Brad, you said you know I'd just gone to London. I came back with the um, the um, Full of, full of, um, full, full, the last night, uh, Cybertron. Full yeah. of Cybertron. It, it falls off, its, it falls <laughs> off its spot occasionally. Yeah. And so, like, that's a figure that never got released here. And so, there's a whole country of Transformers fans here who haven't been given the opportunity to f- purchase that figure. And that's want even that figure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and people want that figure. It's a little bit more egregious when it's, uh, like, a figure that's exclusive to one retailer that also ends up only in one country as well. And I mean, for Hasbro, Hasbro obviously strikes a deal with say Toys R Us to, um, you know, purchase however many, however many copies of a figure that they want. And I, th- I think some of the discussion that I've heard is that uh, like for Hasbro to do a run of a figure or something, you need to be able to guarantee that you're going to purchase at least a thousand of them. So, you know, <laughs> All the Toys R Us stores around the USA, obviously, you know, would have had like three or four of them, and there's hundreds of those stores, so they would break through that thousand barrier easily. Um, some stores had even more, but also those figures have never ended up in Toys R Us in Australia, despite them being a Toys R Us exclusive. So sometimes, sometimes you end up having to look overseas to purchase your figures. Um, what, what do you what do you guys do if you if you need to get a regional exclusive from another country? I generally find that uh, waiting a few months and just jumping on a secondary market works pretty well. I I, I tend to agree. Like that's that that's also what I do with some things. Although I've lost patience on that with some things, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean that does you, you do run the risk of having it drastically go up in price in a lot of cases, because for instance, like I buy a lot of Marvel Legends where exclusives will usually get massively discounted a couple months down the track 
Mm. But then there was one I really wanted um, from SDCC a couple last year, a um, couple years ago, which I just just I waited for it to go down a bit because it was about forty bucks on eBay when it released, and then it's basically going to cost you about two hundred dollars now <laughs> because it just goes up and it really does seem to vary quite a bit. Um, and that's that sweet. So you got to find where figures go on clearance, whatever, where they're still available at retail opposed to not the figures not available retail anymore. So here comes the extra price. The, the um that the Rodimus, the Toys R Us exclusive Rodimus or hot rod from the last night I got mm. from one of our local local retailers. I don't I don't even know where. I suppose you go to Big Bad or somewhere like that and they'd probably have the figures but you're paying shipping or Throwing your loot, but yeah, I find it varies a lot um, on depending like where the exclusives actually come out. You know, you look because you look at stuff like um, Amazon and Takara Tomy Mall exclusives. Those are generally still readily available for the most part, and then not even just um, like convention exclusives, but even just uh, Toys R Us exclusives. Um, you basically can't get anywhere else. Like I'm pretty sure Robot Kingdom gets a lot of at least non Transformer um Toys R Us exclusives, but that's basically the only option. Does anyone use Hasbro Toy Shop? I've 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 nearly used Hasbro Toy Shop quite a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't very close. I haven't actually been bothered to pull the trigger around at the very end of it. Yeah. yeah. I've come to some good prices on some things. Yeah. Well when RC and Grow Tusk went up. Uh, I was tempted, but I think it's like I would sort of be buying them just for the exclusivity of it mm. because the figures themselves don't actually excite me that much. So it's a matter of which is another thing that you have to weigh up, I think, because very often you will buy something uh, just because it's rare. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. Okay, this is a good deal on. A rare figure. So, ra- so, so ra- rarity and exclusivity are not necessarily the same thing, but um, you know, one tends to beget the other. I mean, uh, so I've got my I've got my browser tab open up here on the Titans Return Grotesque page on ToysRUs.com. It is still available, so like it's not rare, but it's exclusive, and so the only place that you can actually get this figure is from Toys R Us. So and the same th- same thing applies to RC, right? Like if you want, um, if you want RC and Grotesque, then you can order them from Toys R Us and ship them through Com Gateway or whatever. the The figures are the figures are gettable, but they will they will cost a little bit extra for um, you and I to get them in Australia, as opposed to the people over in the states. So some of the more recent examples of this are the um, the uh, Autobot Heroes uh, movie pack. The platinum. So some of the platinums just haven't come to Australia in the last year or so, and I think we heard about this early last year that it was going to happen that way. We didn't get the Platinum Unicron, and I don't think we got uh, Platinum Armada of Cyclonus or Planet of Junk either. No. And so um, so I, I've, I've picked those guys. I've picked up the, the smaller ones as I've, gone over, as I've gone overseas. I have a friend holding on to a Chaos on Velocitron um, set for me. So obviously we, we've had... There were two gift sets in Titans Return that were um, they weren't Toys R Us exclusive. I think Chaos on Velocitron was a Toys R Us exclusive, and Siege on Cybertron was 
Walmart. I think it was BBTS. Yeah, BBTS. So um, Siege on Cybertron is everywhere. You can, you can get that from everyone, but it's the it's the Toys R Us ones that those that stock gets tied up in Toys R Us's system, and it's not it's not available from Hasbro Asia to anyone. Like pretty much all Toys R Us Transformers exclusives, yes, and they're exclusives for other, um, at least Hasbro franchises as well. Yeah, it's the Toys R Us ones that are difficult to get. But, of course, like I said, you can always order them from ToysRust.com and ship them to a Com Gateway address and get them shipped into Australia like that. Is that um is that collector's sort of blurring lines between rare or hard to get compared to just not widely distributed? I wouldn't say that. Like, like I said, exclusivity, exclusivity and rarity are different. Yeah. They do go hand in hand very often. I don't think they go hand in hand. I think exclusivity leads to rarity. But like like I said, Grotusk is not rare. You can go straight to Toys R Us and get him. Yeah. It's just, it's just yeah, it's it's not rare, it's just hard to come by. It hasn't been widely distributed like other figures. And it's sort of the same thing you get to with movie or any line when it gets to wave four or five, the end of the the end of the run, where numbers are just not making anywhere near as many as what they do for wave one figures so it's um it is character dependent as well yeah like, um, yeah there's been a couple there's been like three um i know at least from marvel collecting because they do a lot more exclusives there's been like three exclusive black panther figures recently and they started off going for you know pretty deep um high prices and progressively just got cheaper and cheaper because through like people don't want free black panthers and then mm-hmm. uh with star wars stuff like toys r us did an exclusive snow trooper which now a lot of people just can't get rid of because <laughs> funnily enough no one cares about snow troopers <laughs> that, that the difference between grotusk and rc like grotusk looks like probably a better figure in mine and I gather most other people's opinions, but people are much more attached to RC as a character, so that's what's got much higher demand. Well, you can only assume that she's a more well-known character, and of course, it's a the headmaster RC, which people have wanted for a good yeah, part of the Transformers franchise. So. Yeah, that's been like a really demanded thing, whereas no one really wanted a headmaster Grotusk. Yeah, you can. Look, there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but uh, in general, I'd say that there are almost usually options, um, and it is about weighing up what you think is going to be the best, based on um, both the line, the placer a figure is exclusive to, and the actual appeal of that figure. Yeah, but so that like we're seeing this now too. We're talking before about Groove, how everyone was chasing the Combiner Wars Groove when it was first released, and now it's, well, even still, it's just littering everywhere. And the Combiner Wars Devastator, it's not about retail anymore. It's still out there. you got to go and find it. I wouldn't say it's rare. I wouldn't say it's exclusive, or it is hard I'm to find. Like, Devastator, you can easily get from, like, well under 150 bucks nowadays. Hmm. Because it's it's, just, it's just even then, that's a really beloved figure. Like a lot of people see that as one of the best figures in Transformers ever. Mm. But it's just 
so common that even though it's not available at retail, you can still get it at a great price. Yeah. Yep. So limited edition figures, exclusivity and rarity. Generally, we get screwed and we have to go buy them from overseas, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's basically it for the news and for discussion. So what remains is new acquisitions. And I see that Brad and Max have both filled in stuff for um new acquisitions <laughs> this week. Do you wanna do you wanna talk us through your new stuff, Brad? It has been a little Oh, don't uh don't talk it up too much. Um, <laughs> I've got a little beak hair. I saw, so I actually just what saw this for the first time yesterday. <laughs> oh, and I've got, I've got a few of them. Um, we reported on Transformers Legends, I think in November, uh, Hasbro released images of a uh, the new McDonald's deal train they were making, which had about... 10, 10 or 12 different carriages representing different aspects of their franchise. But of course, <laughs> the My Little Pony one. <laughs> Had to. There was a Transformers one, which is uh, sort of re- reminiscent of Ultra Magnus with the uh, car car haulage. Mm, yeah. Um, very fast. Does Bumble pop up or something? Yeah, it's got. they've all got wheels on the bottom that, as you roll, it makes something do. And Bumblebee just sort of, well, that way. Oh, yeah. Pops, pops up, drops down, <laughs> pops up, drops down. So, That's the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just interested, like, more reporting on an American side about those things, and they turned up at McDonald's in Australia, which wasn't expecting, and got most most of them anyway in the train, so. And I'm trying to get <laughs> on a diet and now I suddenly want to go buy a Happy Meal. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's... Thing is just delightful. It's something else now. It's, it, this was over Christmas, so that's me. Excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I've got a um, trip I'm doing in for the March Labor Day long weekend, which was supposed to be an Easter trip, but I've brought it forward to stay away from the tourists. So my financials are going towards that at the moment. So I'm at um. Where are you going? I'm going out to making the 2,000 kilometer journey to Broken Hill to uh, visit some of the Mad Max 2 locations. Cool. Oh, brilliant. Sounds good. Hot. <laughs> hot herd. Hot herd well, in March, it'll hopefully be cooling down a little bit. Yeah, but you still get some of those. Anyway. Yeah. Max, what <laughs> you Broken hill at least, it'll be stinking. Yeah, true. Um, Very likely. I might try and... I was talking earlier before the show about trying to cut down on yeah, talking about new acquisitions for ages, so I'm going to not talk about all of mine. Um, just talk about the new uh, stuff that's recently released. So, first up, this is uh, Planet X's Synectus. Ooh, that looks Ooh. nice. Hello. So this is their. This, is, this makes their the, this really makes the case for why you need a lamp in front of you. Uh, well, <laughs> I did have a natural light earlier, and then I forgot why. I forgot that that doesn't last. Is that any better? Hey, that looks much better. <laughs> um, All those golds and oranges. Yeah, it's a beautiful figure. Um, so this is their redeco of their Fall of Cybertron Starscream, um, just done up in Sunstorm colors, which does make for an IDW Sunstorm, because basically the only time he spoke dialogue in all of IDW was in this uh, design. Unfortunately, this also reminds me of how shit IDW Sunstorm was, <laughs> but... I basically just got it. Yeah, because Dreamwave had the G1 style sun, Sunstorm as their super-powered uh, bad guy, didn't they? 
yeah, Dreamweave yeah. Sunstorm was maybe my favorite part of all of Dreamweave that I've read so far. Mm. Whereas IDW Sunstorm, he sat on a rock with Acid Storm, then got mind controlled by Bombshell, then died. <laughs> so he was kind of an underwhelming character, to say the least. Um, and the figure is still really nice. You know, it's a bit overcomplicated and relies on really thin pins for a lot of the transformation, which do worry me a bit. But it pulls some really clever tricks. Um, I really like the way the backpack and the legs transform. There's some nice movement of mass there. Uh, nice and poseable too. Like he's got an ab crunch, which I wasn't expecting. Um, he's a nice size. Plastic feels solid for the most part. So yeah, like yeah, I... it. It's sort of a. They all, all those seekers have the same sort of. We're going to throw everything that Starscream comes with: the mace, the null rays, the gun, the crown. Like, <laughs> I think Star- Sunstorm's the only one they've given him the crown, which I guess is just a MP11S reference. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't. Doesn't I thought the crown come with them all, but fit on it that well. But uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's nice to have. Um, you know, it means you can head cannon up a better IDW Sunstorm than actually existed. Or you just play with your four Subtron figures. Yeah. Oh, this guy was never... He was never actually in Fall of Cybertron, nor was that the Storm. So this is basically Planet X taking an easy opportunity to release IDW figures. It was a big space battle. He was there. You just didn't see him. <laughs> he was in the background someplace. Yeah. And then just sort of a bit of more masterpiece style. I know this guy came out a couple months ago, but I had mine on layby, so he didn't come until now. This is Open and Play's Big Spring. is their take on a Masterpiece Springer. Yeah. Um, he does a whole lot wrong, but then a whole <laughs> lot more right. So, <laughs> negatives out of the way. Uh, his face isn't as bad as people say it is. But I, 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 I don't think it's as bad as people say it is either. He's got some really nice ratchets, but if you try and move them at all, they just shake the weapons out of the hands because <laughs> the ratchets are really strong and the weapons have no pegs. Beyond that, <laughs> he's fantastic. Like he's, you know, it, oh, it, 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 it is actually kind of this. funny. It's like open and play's designers when okay, we need guns to put in their hands, cool, and they never notice that masterpiece figures have pegs on the guns to hold them in place. Yeah, or, or they just didn't test that bit of quality control at all. Chest mm-hmm. doesn't tab together whatsoever. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. It does allow for a bit of an ab crunch, but of course, if you try and move your arms forward, that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, between that and the weapons not holding in, it almost feels like they didn't do a test run of this guy um, and just got lucky with everything else turning out all right. Um, and <laughs> I, 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 think, I actually think that's quite accurate because we didn't see this guy before he hit the market. It was just sort yeah, of like, just oh, sort of he's suddenly out. Showed up. Yeah. On the bright side, he's incredibly cheap, whereas you normally pay around 850 bucks for a masterpiece style figure this size. This guy cost me like 85 posted from Toybot. Um, so that's a really good deal for what he is. He's rock solid except for this chest bullshit. Um, fantastically posable and the transformation. Yes, he doesn't come with any instructions, but I think they executed that idea really well because. I found it not too hard to figure out and it's intuitive and clever enough. I actually had a really good time just messing about with him and figuring out where everything went. 
it is mostly because everything has a dedicated spot to go. Like you move the arm, it's like okay, that tab's going to go there, that tab's going to go there, that tab's going to go there, and you combine that with some really clever movement and mass, and it's just a whole lot of fun to transform. But mm. speaking of things that are fun to transform, before you uh, get before you get that, just on him. Uh, Normally, when I pose figures, the weapon's the last thing to go into their hands. I don't pose them with yeah. <laughs> the weapons because even the masterpiece stuff, shit falls out of their hands all the time. That's true. Yeah. yeah I guess it depends on this, how solid it is, really. Like, if it pegs in there well, then I find it easier. Yeah. Itty, itty bitty defense. Like, my, the, yeah, my Toy World Constructor Cons, yes, the peg was there, but it never fit in properly. And <laughs> there was always a limp gun. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of masterpiece stuff in that shelf. Where yes, the the tabs there, but oh, the gun's too big or doesn't fit properly. And yeah, anyway, yeah, I tried I to defend it, but <laughs> it's a cheap, it's, it's a cheap masterpiece in the world. Yeah, that's, no. that is the thing. Like, if you consider the cost of a figure, then it's practically perfect compared to Apache. How cheap it is. <laughs> As for things that are practically perfect. Uh, we got a little yeah, master here. <laughs> He's friggin' excellent. Like you've probably heard a lot of coverage of this guy at this point, but god damn, he's good. I just got this thing out, and you know, first time transforming him and posing around robot mode. You know, switching out the faces. I was just consistently impressed by just about everything this guy does. Turn around, come on, shells that backpack one more time. It's barely there. Like, it's sun touch for the win. <laughs> um, here's, here's a question: Have you actually managed to hook the backpack up to the um, the hook at the back, or does it just sit there? Uh, hook it. Yeah, it, it sits in there fine. It's okay. Really I, I haven't managed to actually get it to connect to the hook. Yeah, I think the end of the backpack transformation is the trickiest part, just yeah. in terms of you know you've got to you know get these two pieces and the butt flap lined up. <laughs> and butt flap is really my only issue with a figure. I don't mind the backpack because he's nice and stable and it is fairly G1 accurate. Um, That's a carryover from Magnus. Yeah. Not to They're mention that the backpack contains like two separate roofs for vehicle mode. Um, oh, yeah, there's a lot of junk in the trunk. Yeah. And the way <laughs> that vehicle mode change plays out is just genius. You it is really it's good. A super complicated process. But if you just, oh, I lift this up, flip it around, and now change the entire look. So it's gone from a really accurate Sunstreaker to a perfectly accurate Kuntash that's almost exactly the same as the Sideswipe. Um, Hopefully, then, next week, Mikey gets us in alt mode. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen it in bot mode twice now. Maybe. Oh, uh, look, I. For alt mode, you know, it's great in that as well. Um, I, I do love the fact that it can transform just so seamlessly. Uh, give And it does that by... Uh, well, you know how you got your figures like Inferno, Bumblebee, Shockwave, where they have that sort of moment. It was like a compression of parts or something moves around where you go, okay, that's pure genius right there. This guy is just constantly like that. Uh, Especially in the legs and in the way the torso transforms, it's just like you just do that and you go, okay, that's an incredibly clever way to move things around. 
I'm glad I'm 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 glad you and some take so much effort into the uh the transformation that whereas I just explode the figure out and go, Oh, that that tab shouldn't bend that way. <laughs> yeah. I I think Look at those instructions. That, reason, that is horrendous. Yeah, I don't mind instructions too much. I know a lot of people well, maybe I know I've got good eyesight, but uh, because <laughs> a lot of people said it, they just can't see it at all. So <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing. Well, collectors are getting older, so yeah, maybe because it's <laughs> is like I've got good eyesight, and it, even I was looking at this and going, "Hold on, what am I supposed to do here?" So uh, there is your there's your vehicle mode for one, mm -hmm. uh, and there is also the instructions. Yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing that's double sided. No, no, that's no, forty-two that's steps the, on one side. That's the entire wow. process covering between the two vehicle modes and to the robot mode. Yeah, which I don't mind how complicated it is. Like even like the a, lot, a lot of it is guy, quite intuitive once you actually yeah. like once you open something up, you can see where it goes. When I was messing around with this guy, I had a muck about with uh, the old side swipe as well, and that was it was very much a stark difference in just how simplistic Sideswipe is when compared to this guy. Um, but I, I don't mind that because this guy has to achieve a whole lot more in going from basically a, you know, two very separate vehicle modes to a robot mode that doesn't share that many traits with the vehicle mode, like having a fake chest and everything. So, uh, so, so I've got I've got a, a shot up there that shows um, sideswipe and sunstroke. In fact, there's a better one I can show from my uh, my Instagram there. That one. It actually, I think, I think it actually shows the progression of the masterpiece line from um, what's sideswipe MP12, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is twelve to 39. twelve to thirty-nine. Like, there's that. Like, if you if you don't think the masterpiece line has changed, there's your proof that it has, right? Yeah, like but, you look um, at how much more toy accurate um style that sideswipe is compared to sunstreaker who's basically just designed to be something that looks straight out of a cartoon yeah like, it's just much more dynamic proportions and like with joints in the legs specifically to make him like you know allow him to do a sort of pelvic thrust type pose <laughs> i i see some engineering differences well, you'd expect to see some engineering differences since they're different figures. Yeah, but design, it's all G1. Like, if, if that side swipe was done now, I'm sure those wheels on the back of his leg or sides of his legs would be hidden. I, I, think, you're, I think you're quite right. Um, side swipe, transforming yeah. him again, it felt like a slightly more complicated deluxe. Yeah, he felt like a deluxe when I got him out the other day. And I was like, hang on, I just went through what with Sunstreaker and this guy's really easy. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do prefer transforming Sunstreaker just because of how much it achieves. Hmm. Whereas with Sideswipe, it's over and done with much quicker, but you don't feel like you've achieved very much. Well, you haven't got, got that, that whole back of the car. It's got a uh, chest, and he's not yeah. that poseable, comparatively speaking. No, you're right. Like, I, like when I when I put him up next to Sunstreaker, like I had Sunstreaker pulling off poses with Sideswipe, and Sideswipe, I'm just like, you get to turn his head. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And like Sideswipe is still a really poseable figure. You know, he's got two axes, two axes of movement in the head. He's got 
ankle tilts and ab crunch if you want to untab it a bit. You know, Sunstreak just excels beyond that in every way. And back to the transformation for a second, I think what makes it all these steps uh, work so much better is that he moves in dedicated sections. So he, he doesn't have that issue, which a lot of Megatron figures have, where you get little little spindly rods that have massive chunks of a figure floating out in space for ages. You know, it's, this guy, it's like, okay, transform. Get this out, do this, put it back. Arms, yeah. Transform the legs. And it's all done in separate stages. Right, so it's three main sections, and you just do those one by one. That's it, basically. Can I be that guy? <laughs> this... uh, every other week. <laughs> okay, this is Megatron. Though. This is a car. It's not going to have what 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 third party cars. No, yeah, but that's some, that's that's doing something a whole lot different. Whether you look at thirty six, Apollyon, Despotron, whatever they all do, car 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 car. Now, you could sort of stretch it to go, okay, War Dog has a lot of those little arm bits yeah. that goes around, but that's still, that's sort of a third-party tank. Well, even MPM Bumblebee, which a lot of people praised for its transformation, that does that does feature that same thing, where you get like a spindly rod that has two massive chunks of figure just floating about. Yeah, but we've always talked about how hard it is to get the movie designs into a transformable figure and car um I mean, even it doesn't necessarily have to have that like Ironhide, i really enjoy transforming but mm, that, yep. it moves you know you do a little bit of the arms a little bit of the legs a little bit of a torso and go back through that again whereas yep. this guy it's almost entirely separate sections which you can do independently mm. i think that makes what is still comparatively a really complicated transformation it just makes it that much more enjoyable yeah. Yep. I, feel, I, I feel like Brad needs a sunstreaker. <laughs> like, it is, once you have it in hand, um, I feel like a lot of your worries concerning the transformation will disappear. Mm. Like, speaking as someone who doesn't have MP36 yet, this is currently my favorite masterpiece. Because well, it does okay. so much. Mm. Yeah, no, Shock, Shockwave Megatron broke me, so I'm sort of <laughs> trying to, trying to. Uh... You're very pessimistic. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just age. It's only pessimistic <laughs> when it comes to masterpieces. <sighs> no, no, because Dinobot's doing it for me, and I've pre-ordered him. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I just hear the love for this and yeah. MP36 and go. Well, I've got, I've got a poly on the one. Sun Surge, so... <laughs> so, you know, so you, that's the thing. You don't have an MP36. You don't understand the love for that figure. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand the price of that figure either, but anyway. Yeah, well, I don't understand the price of Dinobot. And, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. On him. And, I've, and I've pre-ordered it and put 80 bucks down on it, so yeah. Polyon was quite expensive when he first came out. Yeah, it like, cost me... Like, like 160. It cost me 179. Yeah, so Megatron, the official version is what, like fifty bucks more. Yeah, but you got to get rid of the Polyon to get the money well, to buy them. Well, that's not correct. You don't have to. I know. Yeah, I know. So anyway, enough negativity. Oh, no, no, yeah, I think I'm just, I'm just, I'm just down on people's enjoyment for figures. So 
You really are. Yeah. Like, wow. You're cranky. Can I show you something really fun? Please. Really, really fun. I've got Sunstreaker. <laughs> well, actually, you're going to have to put the camera on to me now instead of my um, my computer. You've been transforming while, you, while we've been talking? No, I have not, but I have Sunstreaker. <laughs> where's, uh, the look, where's the autobot logo? Really big hands or something. And Sideswipe. These are the Iron Factory uh, releases. These are the, the racing bros. Um, That's why there's no logo. <laughs> that is why there's no logo on them. But um, they are super fun, and like you can you can you can pose them to do all sorts of things, and like their legs move, their arms move around. Like considering, you know the story with Iron Factory, right? Considering the size of the figures, it's pretty amazing what they managed to cram in there, engineering wise. And yeah, um, I picked these up last weekend uh, from uh, Savia's Toys, who uh, sells in our in our BST group. Um, Good price. Managed to avoid any postage by picking them up in person, and yeah, they're they're awesome and they're really good for pairing up with masterpiece sideswipe and sunstreaker in photographs at the moment. Which if you if you um throw the if you throw the photo back onto my uh, if you throw the, the video back onto my um computer screen, yeah, I'll see the the one I had there with uh, sideswipe and sideswipe and sunstreaker sharing a joke in the background and uh, sideswipe and sunstreaker sharing a joke in the foreground as well. I was wondering who they were. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so yeah, so they're yeah, um, they're, not, they're they're really nice. They're really well, really well posable. But also, like, just without even pulling a pose on them. Like, if I just if I just straighten this up here, like, without without even trying to pull a pose on them, like that Sunstreaker looks awesome. Mm. Like, it looks fantastic. He doesn't have the traditional um, sort of the traditional chest design around there, but like, it's close enough. You got, you got, yeah, you got a couple of side windows and you got sort of some thing, some stuff that could be the front window, but like whatever. Um, Iron Factory always do, they seem to stylize them a fair bit. You know, they're a bit that, like make toys in MMC. They do. I think they, they sort of end up looking possibly a little bit more like a comic version in a way. But, um, and like you can see with uh, Sideswipe's chest, they've changed a few things around there as well. But, um, I mean, there's certain, there are certain things that have to give when you're engineering at this tiny scale. But um, yeah, I think no. they're still they're still really recognizable. So yeah, they 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 absolutely are. Look at look, see, there's practically no backpack on Sunstreaker, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yet they do have the detail and colorization of the masterpiece versions. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Max? Can you there, that does that little Sunstreaker have the changing rear of the car by any chance? Of course it doesn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just just unpeg unpeg one and peg on another. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. You know why? Because nobody cares. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, nobody cares because Takara did it anyway. Yeah. Well, look, one, one figure doesn't have to be better than the other. They go together really well. Well, yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm looking at those and I'm thinking they're some of the best Legend Scale figures like I've seen in a while. They're yeah, really they, nice. they, they really are. Um, I, so I sort of I got a little bit wary of some of the Iron Factory pieces like, despite the fact that I know they do really good jobs, them I got, I got a little bit wary of them because I felt like some of them were just sort of becoming the same thing over and over again with um with some of their releases, and it's like some of the stylizing they did was just a little too much for me, uh, and it no longer looked like um no longer looked like the G one character. But these guys, um, I think they've restrained themselves admirably. Uh, yeah, I think like I feel like Iron Factory they managed, um, they do 
tread a fine line sometimes, especially with their fembots. Mm. Like, because they really do sort of go for that. I don't know, like, I guess anime style that for Transformers, I think, doesn't really work. But for most yeah. of their male characters, they look pretty, they look pretty spot on, if not, yeah, at least still recognizable as that character. I agree. All right. Been going for a good hour and a bit now. Shall we wrap the show up? I think it's about time. Bedtime. <laughs> that is that is the time that I'm getting at. It is past 11 o'clock on Saturday night. Uh, cover off some TCCA business very quickly. Uh, we did have the Australian the Australia Day members giveaway yesterday. Uh, Andrew Dunn and Adrian Collada were the lucky winners of that. There will be another one in Easter. So if you haven't signed up for membership of the club yet, I would suggest you throw $5 Brad's way and... Join now so if your chance to win something for free at Easter time. Yep. Um, as for the podcast, uh, thank you for listening. We're at the end of the show. Uh, if you're watching the live record, which I suspect you may not be uh, on a Saturday night, thank you. Thank you for checking us out. Uh, you will find more of these stories with the links to them and uh, everything that we've discussed in the show notes posted to the Transformers Weekly Facebook page and the Podbean site. You can get in touch with us at transformersweekly.podbean.com. Facebook page is called Australian Transformers Weekly, and we're all in the uh, Transformers Collectors Club Australia group on Facebook. Uh, we are a production of Transformers Collectors Club Australia. The club is registered and incorporated in Victoria. TCCA is run by volunteers like us who donate their time and money like us donating time tonight on our Saturday nights to make the club and life in general better for everyone. If we haven't made your life better by, by listening to this podcast, um, please send your complaints to complaints or abuse at tfw2005.com. Um, they will direct it to the appropriate department. Uh, TCCA's goal is to uh, connect Transformers fans around the country. We do it by engaging the collecting community. Your membership fee goes towards appearances at Supernova and other local conventions around Australia so that we can find more like-minded Transformers fans around the country. You can find more information at transformerscca.com. Thank you for listening, everyone. And um, some of us will be back with more Transformers news next week. And we don't know who yet. Like, Max, you might be on. Brad's probably going to be on. Mikey might be back. We'll see how we go. But, yeah, we'll be back next week either way. Lovely. Thanks, guys. See you later. My God, we're live. Shit. <laughs> Brad's, Brad's figured out that he needs to look at the other side in order, in order to look up at the uh, yellow live indicator in the hangout. What's that production? So are we live? Yeah, no worries. I'll hold for Jason. All right. How are we doing? Wait, are we live? We are live. We, we are live. Uh, Brad... <laughs> Brad did an extended look up to the uh, yellow live indicator in the uh, top corner. Shall we get going? I suppose so. All right, we suppose so. Let's 
let's suppose a little more. Welcome to Australian Transformers Weekly. Still hold for Jason. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there you go. You can put that in as a blooper at the end. We'll be back next week either way. Lovely. Thanks, guys. Catch you later. That's all, folks. And Brad's just gotten us kicked off YouTube. Copyright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>